And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and I'm here today with my good buddy, Mr. David Pascarella. What's happening? How's it David? going? It's going pretty good. How you doing? Good, not bad. So, David and I. Sounds like you're rubbing your hands together with with excitement. I have anticipation of getting to Hawkman. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bury the lead. You know, we were just talking before we started the show. Um, we're doing this as a spotlight issue because it's the first issue of Hawkman from 1964, and I don't know what your anticipation was because I'm the one who suggested this, so. I don't know if you had any anticipation, but I thought as a first issue it would be kind of special. But then I, re- I believe that he was actually introduced this this iteration of Hawkman. I think he was introduced in Brave and the Bold. Uh, so there was a couple of issues. Certainly he was introduced before this, because this book even has kind of like you know now in his own series, you know. Right. So it's, it's not yeah. quite what I anticipated. Wow. I mean. I'm not, I don't dislike Hawkman, but I've never been what you'd call a huge Hawkman fan. I think I only have two issues, and only because they tied into uh, the John Byrne Superman run. I think what i got to do is i got to just get you off the call and get Luke Giaconetti in here, because I'm pretty sure he's a big Hawkman fan, if my memory is correct. So you're saying I am the weakest link, goodbye. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> now, I... Hawkman's yet another character, and there's there's been a few of these over the years, that I'm more of a fan in concept than in reality. I kind of like the idea. I've always liked the look, uh, and you know this would probably not sit well with Scott, but I've always liked the Joe Kubert look on it. The the kind of because the way his art is kind of feathered, kind of fit with with you know Hawkman as a character. Mm-hmm. But I haven't read a heck of a lot, and then. I got turned off just kind of hearing about all the continuity issues with with Hawkman from the you know from the golden age where he was a uh, reincarnated Egyptian prince to the silver age where he was a Thangarian policeman and then their efforts to kind of connect them and and do things that it just became really convoluted from everything I understand so you know, I'm not, I'm not really a fan in that I've read much of him, but I am a fan. Just like I said, in concept, the, just the look of the character. Uh, I, I always kind of liked, or you know, and it's a more recent uh, 
thing. But I like the fact that he was portrayed as, you know, like a real hothead. Uh, but not, you know, I didn't think like a stereotypical hothead. More of a, you know, more realistic in my own mind. Just a guy who doesn't take shit from anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, what was your first exposure? Where did you discover Hawkman for the first time? Because I'll bet our origins are probably quite different. Um, I would imagine it was in the Super Friends. Okay, then they're ex- exactly the same. Because prior to that, I, I, I had no idea Hawkman even existed. Unless I saw him in an earlier cartoon, but I'm thinking no. I'm thinking Super Friends is probably my first exposure and then you know for the most part most of my exposure has been in the justice league again i i, I can't say i, I ever would, was a regular reader of his solo book i think i think my first comic exposure was actually a reprint you know from the original golden age stuff mm. I think like as a backup story or something, because I tend to remember the first story I read involved, you know, the Egyptologist, Hawkman Carter Hall. Yeah, well, I remember, you know, reading that, uh, listen, I'm drawing a blank on it, the title of it, the the Secret Origins book uh, that we discussed last time with the Flash. I remember having that, and that had a, uh, the Golden Age origin in it. So that would probably have been my first exposure to reading Hawkman. Yeah. But again, you know, I'm, I'm just afraid anybody listening is going to say, why am I listening to these two guys? They're going to be talking about this book and neither one of them is a fan. Again, I am a fan of the character and I'm a fan of the look. I just haven't been a, uh, a disciple. Well, the look is completely unique, you know. Uh, I, I think the best exposure to Hawkman was in the... Uh, two-parter Starcrossed from the Justice League television mm. series. Yeah, I thought they did the, I thought the Justice League cartoon did a really good job of uh, portraying him and Shaira. And, and, you know, as much as like I was watching it, and I, you know, I have that, that sappiness in me where it's like, well, Hawkman should be with Hawkgirl. End of story. I don't want to hear any debates. But then, you know, they, they set up the, the love triangle with Green Lantern in the cartoon and I thought it was all really well done. And they, what they did was they made her her own character. And I think I'm going to talk about it a little bit as we go through this issue. I think she was always a little bit of that to begin with. And they did they took it another step in, in that series. But she she was, I don't, at least not, nothing that I ever read had portrayed her as, you know, the damsel in distress. Uh, she wasn't, you know, the, 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 the love-torn... Uh, you know, damsel in distress who didn't have superpowers, and she wasn't, you know, Sue Storm who, you know, early on was always like, "We're going to leave you behind because this is a dangerous mission." You know, she was she was a part of things, which I, I appreciate. Uh, you know, she mm-hmm. she she wasn't just a stereotype. At least that's the impression I have. No, I'm right there with you. I, I think if I were to rate the characters, I would rate. Her slightly above him, to be blunt. Yeah, yeah that, that's. I don't know. I don't know that I'd rate her above because most of my <laughs> most of my my fanhood is based just on the Hawkman look, uh, and and for whatever reason, his hawk helmet 
is just more intimidating looking than hers. So that that look works for me more. But otherwise, you know, they they they're running neck and neck as far as how they're characterized in the book itself. So the, the cover on this book is drawn by Murphy Anderson and inked, I assume inked, by Ira Schnapp, S-C-H-N-A-P-P. I am totally unfamiliar with Ira Schnapp. I assume he inked it. Um, it shows Hawkman kind of diving down or, or, you know, coming down in attack at, on an Aztec-looking guy who's waving. He, it looks like he has, do you remember, I don't know you, if you're old enough, do you remember Click Clacks? Yes, the two knock yeah, balls which they, that you spun which around. Which eventually, <laughs> eventually they, they kind of like ban. I know they banned them from schools because people were getting whacked in the face with them. Uh, but it looks like that's what this guy's got, and he's holding Hawkman off. It's up there with, with lawn dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the liability industry. It's, so the, uh, the the title does say now, dot, 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 in his own magazine, dot, dot, dot. And uh, featuring the master of the sky weapons, who is this Aztec-looking dude. Uh, overall, not not a bad cover. Very good cover, actually. So I'm going to read the synopsis from the wiki page, which is what I do. There are actually two stories in this book, so I'm going to read the first synopsis, and then we'll get to the second in a little while. The first story is called Rivalry of the Winged Wonders. On the planet Thanagar, Hawkman and Hawkgirl report to their chief, Andar Poole, about the progress they're making learning Earth police methods. They relate to one of their recent adventures on Earth where a priceless black pearl necklace was stolen from the midway season... (laughs) They relate to one of their recent adventures on Earth where a priceless black pearl necklace was stolen from Midway City Museum. Taking on their guises of Hawkman and Hawkgirl, they decide to put on a friendly competition between each other. Hawkman will try to solve the crime using only Earth police methods, while Hawkgirl only uses Thangarian police methods. At first, Hawkgirl has the upper hand using Thangarian crime-fighting devices that give her an initial leg up. However, Earth's environment proves too unstable for the sensitive machines, which are constantly malfunctioning due to Earth's changing weather patterns. Hawkman, meanwhile, uses a number of Earth police methods to link the chain of evidence that leads him to Crooks, who took the necklace. After fighting them off at a hunting site, Hawkman deduces that they hid the necklaces in an unfired barrel of a shotgun until they were able to sell them off. Capturing the Crooks, Hawkman returns back to the museum to tell the story to a flustered Hawkgirl. Finishing their story, Andar finds their research in Earth Police methods continually useful and decides that the police force on Thangar should take up some of these methods. With Andar Pool's permission, Hawkman and Hawkgirl are sent back to Earth where they can learn more about Earth's police methods. Yay. So. <laughs> you got a few tongue twisters in there. Yeah, well, I'm not, you know. <laughs> I, I, no, no one's looking to hire me to read audiobooks. Say the winged wonder three times. (laughs) Uh, So so the first thing that jumps out at me is when I started to read this, the inside front cover is a uh, kind of a learn your lesson thing about the golden rule. PSA. Yeah, PSA. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and And it stars Bob Hope talking about how the golden rule is the same in Christianity, Buddhism, Judaism, and Islam. So... Everybody, lessons to live by. Uh, 
But it's it's you know what's, what's funny. That? Have you ever noticed that whenever you see Bob Hope, it could be like 1911 or 1975, he looks exactly the same. Pretty much, he he had a very, he did have a very distinct face. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of how old he was when you saw it. But I guess this this is at a time probably when Bob Hope had a uh, a regular comic for DC. That's right, I forgot. So I, I would imagine that's how this came to be. So I would assume it was literally a funny book, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've ever read an issue of it, though. So there will be no spotlight on Bob Hope, probably. Not in the near future. <laughs> so this, this story that we're, that we're looking at here, moving on from Bob Hope, uh, it... Uh, you know, it, it, I guess it serves as a good bridge from wherever he, they were introduced, which they don't actually give you any, any references to where it was, but they do show flashbacks to different battles on Earth, including with the Shadow Thief, who is, I believe, Hawkman's you know, biggest nemesis. So that, that's kind of cool. And then they go through the, you know, the different methods and how this thing w- worked out. The only thing that I didn't really care for is when Hawkman faces off against these hunters who stole the uh, jewels. Mm-hmm. All they have is guns, and yet they come very close to defeating him. You know, if if not for him using a uh, a frying pan to deflect light into one of the eyes, you know, the, the eyes of a guy who's about to shoot him, uh, and then he does a roll and knocks the guy over. But if not for that, he would have been dead. And, and I don't like that because mm-hmm. people, you know. Non-superpowered hunters shouldn't really be able to hold their own against somebody of Hawkman's ilk. No, I mean Martin Riggs could have done the same thing and defeated him. Oh, Martin Riggs wouldn't. They they would have never gotten the, the, the jump on Martin Riggs. <laughs> True. Maybe Roger Murtaugh would have had to use that uh, frying pan. You know what I found funny about the whole premise behind this? What's that? They're such an advanced uh, people, right, from another planet who have interspace travel, and they're coming here to study police methods. Yeah. It just seems like it would be like uh, someone from the NYPD today going back 300 years and, oh, we're going to study your methods. Yeah, well, you know, that that is true. But I, I guess that is actually the way they set up the competition here, because it's Hawkgirl with her more modern scientific methods, and then it's Hawkman with his more, I guess, primitive in, in their way of doing things. Uh, like It's more like organizational methods. You know what this is? <clears throat> this is? This is McCloud before McCloud. Yeah, a little bit. With a cowboy cop comes to the big city to learn their methods but in reverse yeah a little little bit of that definitely um i mean i do like that they kind of tip their hand you know tip the hat to the current ways saying you know the technical technological ways aren't always the best way uh on the other hand it's only because their uh machinery doesn't work not not because it isn't better Right, exactly. What'd you think? But I also guess it's it's uh, it's a unique unique way of giving kids a primer on how 
police methods work here with fingerprints, et cetera, deduction. Yeah, and they're talking about, you know, their modern uh, methods, which, uh, you know, the enforcement agencies have mechanical devices which use uh, pre-punched cards to reveal considerable information <laughs> about the way the man, a man commits his crimes, which is, you know, it... it it reminds me, you know, when my, when my dad was in law enforcement, they didn't have, they, I mean, they had computers, but not the way they do now. Uh, and a lot of his work was based on his organization, which he did with like index cards. And people would come to him, you know, about certain people and, you know, in organized crime and things to find things out because he had so such a good system of organizing his information. Uh, and, you know, now I would think, you know, you just set up spreadsheets and you put the information in and, you you know, you click what the focus is and it would all just go. But back then they didn't have that as a, as a choice. So he was definitely more old school in the way he did things. But th that's what this got me thinking of. Oh, 100%. I, my uncle was police until probably about the same time. I don't, I'm positive they didn't even have computers on the desk. Oh, no. At the time he retired, oh, I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure there was like a central computer somewhere that you did, that you could you know make a request for certain information, but that was probably as far as it went. And even then, it was probably you know like terribly uh, antiquated by today's standards. Well, you know, it's like I love to watch those old backwards, you know, like Adam Twelve, and they stop a car and they have to run the plate, mm -hmm. and it consists of radioing in so someone can call up to the state capitol and they'll look up the information and get back to them back in the day my dad used to say that adam 12 was probably the most realistic cop show because they they dealt with you know everything they they would have you know one episode where it was dealing with some sort of domestic dispute that was going on then they'd have another episode where they were dealing with a small store that got robbed you know it wasn't always the serial killer of the week that you see on a lot of the, uh, you know, the more recent crime shows. And that's why people should watch it for free on Amazon. Uh, you know, it's not that they're not entertaining. <laughs> you know, they, they may be a little bit more small in their scope, but they I, I find those shows to be very entertaining. Me too. What do you think of the, uh, what do you think of the artwork in here? I like the artwork because, you know, I don't know whether it's nostalgia, but to me, that's the artwork of the time. You know, it's when I was a kid. This is pretty much the standard. It's well drawn. You can recognize everything. There's a lot of backgrounds in most of the scenes. I enjoy the art. The colors are great, well, with the exception of the pink sky, I, unless that's a, uh, a foreshadowing of the crisis. 25 years later. <laughs> I'm not but. thinking that's the case. <laughs> they were that good planning ahead. But no, I, I think the art's great. I enjoyed the yeah, art. No, I think the art is... I, I, I agree with you. I think the art is very clean. Uh, the storytelling is good. It's easy to follow. Um, it, it, it doesn't have like the Neil Adams dynamic shots that you might have. But that's probably the only thing it's missing. And even then, you know, some of the artwork is, is still, you know, some of the angles are pretty good. Uh, it doesn't have standard grids on many pages. 
so that there's a you know a variation as you're going through it. It's not boring in any way. Uh, you know, the story is a little simplistic, but let's keep in mind this is 1964, and it was expected that this comic was going to be read by kids probably between 8 and 12. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, with all of that said, I, I, I think this is a I think this is a fine story. The biggest problem I have with it is as a first issue, I would want something just a little bit more uh, delving into his character and giving us a little bit more explanation, exploration of who Hawkman and Hawkgirl are. Definitely. Especially since, as, as we've said, they, they've apparently been around and having adventures in other books. You, you would think to launch theirs, there'd be at least a synopsis of greater detail of that background. Yeah, this could easily be issue five. You know, let's just say, for argument's sake, there mm-hmm. were four issues before this that were in Brave and the Bold or wherever they were presented. Uh, this is presented as if it's, and maybe that, maybe that's the case. Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm thinking maybe they didn't expect to give them their own series yet, and they had this issue ready to be in, you know, whatever showcase that they were going to be put into uh and then they said you know what let's give them their own series that's possible actually i think that's very possible i think you're on to something there so moving on to the second story which is the master of the sky weapons uh by the same creative team when mavis trent and a bunch of other philanthropists return from a dig in yucatan Carter Hall and his wife are shocked to find they have no memory of anything upon their arrival. Even after using the Absorbicon, they learn nothing and decide to investigate what happened as Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Flying to Yucatan, they come across a costumed man named Chak at an old Aztec temple. Chak attacks them with strangely powerful weapons. Being captured, the window... Being captured, the winged duo learn that Chak was a ruler of the ancient Aztec civilization who came across a downed alien craft where he found amazing technology. In addition to super powerful weapons, he also found a potion to extend his lifespan. However, his people, tired of his oppressive rule, revolted, hid all his weapons, and made him drink an amnesia-inducing potion and let him loose in the jungles. Hundreds of years later, the amnesiac Chak would be hired by Mavis Trent and her colleagues to help with the dig. Finding his long-lost weapons in the ruins restored his memory, and in order to hide his presence to the outside world until he found the rest of his weapons, he fed the amnesia potion to Mavis and her friends. Hawkman and Hawkgirl manage to break out of their cell and easily defeat Chak before he can employ his latest weapon. With Chak defeated, they find hieroglyphics that specify how to make an elixir which counteracts the amnesia potion and use it to restore Mavis and the others to normal. The end. I... A chuck. Yeah. Uh, I did not find this one to be as entertaining as the other one, even though it's a more colorful villain. I... I, I, I just, you know, the story just didn't quite hold up for me. I, I think... I think this needed to be longer. I think making it as a short story almost oversimplified it. 
Whereas if, if this had been a full issue story, I think you could have explored a little bit more of the villain, make him a little bit more scary, uh, or threatening at least, and then work from there. As is, it's just kind of like, yeah, he's here, oh yeah, he beat us, now we beat him. Yeah. The, the, the premise, for some reason, sounds familiar to me. That I've, I've heard this... Like a variant on this, with the uh, something like almost like Vandal Savage, hmm. except with amnesia. Vandal Savage, you know, it, it, I mean, he should be with his click clacks of of power. He should be able to to hold his own a little better. But I don't know that he ever appeared again after this either. You mean they they weren't clamoring for a part two? Jack is back. Chuck is back with the Chuck attack. Uh, you know, I, I got to look that up just to see if we ever heard from Chuck again. Maybe we heard from him and he changed his name to Chuck Khan. This does also remind me of something you might have seen, you know, with it being an Aztec. It's sort of out of the, uh, the Golden Age. Like, I could easily see this having been a golden golden age story that they just repurposed there was a similar villain i believe in the x-men in the early issues and uh he ended up being a, a kind of a dud too if my memory is correct and then they changed you know what his whole background they changed over time so clicking on this on the dc database on my very slow computer now we're opening Hawkman Volume 1, Number 1. By the way, this issue, if you wanted to know, is reprinted in the Hawk Hawkman Archives, Volume 2, and Showcase Presents Hawkman, Volume 1. Mm. Just in case you didn't know that. Come on. I see, you know, the wheels turning like in those old computers on one yeah. woman. So Chak was the ruler of an ancient Aztec tribe in the Yucatan. Uh, I'm just looking to see where he appeared. He's appeared three times on Earth One, which are Hawkman, Volume One, Number One, Justice League of America, Volume One, Number Thirty Four, and Limited's, Limited Collector's Edition, which is the Treasury-sized book. Volume 1, C46, which is also a Justice League story. I wouldn't be surprised if that reprints the one from Justice League number 34. I would bet that's a reprint. And Justice League number 34 has... Is it? I'm just wondering if they're facing off against Chuck or if it's... it's The antagonists are Dr. Destiny, the Joker, and Chuck. Which, which one of these doesn't belong? <laughs> It's like uh, Kirk Spock and Benson Smith are beaming down. Guess who's not coming <laughs> yeah. back? Yeah, the, co the cover of that issue kind of has... I, I guess that's Dr. Destiny. I'm not even sure. Uh, and he's he's like shooting some sort of flame bolt at Superman while while Batman is tied up like by a tree and trying to throw a punch at the Joker who he can't reach. And then Chuck is using something, possibly his click clacks of death, 
to uh, bring Hawkman to the ground. It's a star-studded spectacular, the deadly dreams of Dr. Destiny. Anyway, that's the other appearance Interesting. of Jack. So that'll be Hawkman Spotlight number two, folks. You'll just have to wait for that. <laughs> so, and if the third story's a different one, we could do a trilogy on the Chucks. He will do Spotlight on Chuck. <laughs> so, while I think the story is lesser from the first story, I kind of am of the feeling that the artwork is on a par. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like yeah. it loses anything from the artwork in the first. In fact, it might even be slightly better, only because the backgrounds are a little more spectacular. And Shaq is a, you know, very uh, colorful character. Literally. Yes, exactly, literally. And then we have, we have an extra yeah, feature no. at the end of this strange bird lore, where it gives us some four four bird facts. Which I guess is to try and tie into Hawkman. With the educational mm-hmm. features. So you got to give him thumbs up for that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we could, you know, unless you have something particular about the Chuck story to touch on. N- not in particular. <laughs> okay. I, 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 sus- amusing little I suspected mm-hmm. as much. So I think the cover is really sharp. Uh, the positioning is just slightly off it feels to me uh like they they, the characters look just well actually hawkman not even Jack, who's on the cover with him hawkman looks a little stiff to me but that could be a byproduct of the fact that is you know he he's being depicted being thrown back by the energy from Jack's weapon so i probably should not even uh discount it based on that the background is great the color it's colorful it's eye-catching I'm going to say a B plus, and it borders on an A. Uh, the interior art, I think, is really sharp. Like I said, the only thing is maybe that it doesn't have some of the really uh, dynamic shots, but I think that's the only weakness, and even that it's not bad in that respect. So I'm going to say a B plus on the interior art also. Uh, the stories, I'm going to give the first story a B. I'm going to give the second story a C. And overall, I'm going to give the book a solid B. My uh, thoughts on the cover is it's a solid B+. I can't bring it up to the A level because I I look at this and uh, Chuck spinning the uh, clackers of death. It almost looks like it's the breeze that's just pushing him back and that shocked look on his face. But... I, I like the color. I like the the actual artwork. Other than that, one little bit. So to me, it's a solid B plus. The art and both stories, I like it. It's uh, I, I always grade things, you know, as a product of the time. To me, it's serviceable. It's good. It has nice coloring. So I, I went with a B plus on the interior art as well. Uh, both stories, the first story is slightly better to me. I, um, 
I like the the aspect of they're trying to provide children with some information of how law enforcement works, even though it's through this convoluted competition. So I gave that one a slightly higher grade of a, a B plus. The second story, it's a little goofy, but like I said, there's something reminiscent of the concept to me that I, I found somewhat enjoyable, and I went with a B. So for an overall grade, I get it a B plus. Yeah, so we're in the same uh, same general area on all, all fronts here. So we got a we we've given you a kind of a short episode today. So if anybody was hoping to to fill their day with excitement, I apologize for not giving you that. But hopefully you enjoyed our spotlight on Hawkman number one. So uh, I guess that's it, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Scientific genius from a far-off world flies into action as Hawkman, winged wonder, who would squeal his faithful fighting mascot, hit his arsenal of phenomenal powers against both earthly and interplanetary foes. Hawkman, the winged Avenger.